So uh, I uh, would like to thank Mark for you know, establishing the platform. We met a couple of hours ago. I uh, had dinner with John and Davos in 2020. We were literally sitting next to each other at an astronaut dinner in one of those fancy penthouse places. I've known Paula for many, many years. I represented her previous entity at an event, and then she was inspiration that uh, eventually um, turned into my TED Talk on bringing connectivity to refugee camps. Uh, the, The whole story is quite interesting because I ended up on the border between Turkey and Syria with soldiers shooting at me. And 20 minutes later, they realized I was not a smuggler. So they're offering me tea to apologize. As in, uh, it, it was eventful. So uh, I could claim to have been to a few good wars. To see you. <laughs> Sorry. Good, good to see you again, uh, Paula. And um, I've been working in Maris um, quite intensely, actually, over the last uh, few weeks. We managed to get a couple of uh, Iridium um, satellite phones uh, to the Ukrainian government. It was uh, a convoluted but a very uh, successful process. So they are trying to get uh, many more of those units. And just for context here, I think it's important to understand where I'm coming from. I'm focusing on difficult, complex, hard things to do that require technical skills and a massive number of connections in relevant areas and uh, that are both useful during the war and after the war. Right. So the um, telecommunications element uh, for me falls into this category. Uh, again, for context, my family has been in telecommunications for 100 years. My grandfather was a telegraph operator a century ago. He was a radio pioneer. My dad was a, an analog TV pioneer. I was a digital TV pioneer. And then I got into massive uh, Wi-Fi networks. So back in 2011-12, I launched a really large network in Belgium with one million hotspots. And uh, after that, they created a nonprofit called Broadlights.org, uh, which is basically uh, trying to advocate for affordable Wi-Fi in the poorest countries in the world. And that was uh, eventually extended to the refugee uh, case you know, because of Paula, basically. That's when I got inspired to do that. And the uh, the last leg, which is something that I'm sharing here partially, is uh, slums, right? So uh, informal settlements, because I'm originally from Rio. I grew up there. So I was living in a slum uh, for a month just to understand uh, the dynamics, what is, are the problems that they're trying to solve, and is very applicable to the situation in Ukraine because you want something that is very cheap, is very flexible, and very sturdy, right? So that uh, you know, resists uh, hard environments, could be a slum, could be a war zone, not that they are comparable, but there are many elements in common. And uh, I did a very brief presentation that I'd like to share with you. I don't know if I have the uh, presentation superpowers here today. So let me just check if that works. Yeah, can you guys see it? Um, yeah. That's great. So uh, this is just like a, a list of uh, important points, right? So uh, in um, a war zone, what tends to happen is that uh, the enemy is either destroying stuff or they're just taking it over, which is what happened in cities like... Sorry, Marcelo, can you go into presentation mode? It's when you press zoom, oh. uh, view. Yeah, sure. Thank you. I don't know what you can see there. No, this is, zoom. is it better now? You got it. Yep. Yeah. Perfect, perfect. So basically, uh, they'll be destroying stuff, uh, radio towers and all that. So they will be co-opting it and then uh, spewing propaganda 
uh, left and right, and we wanted to make sure that we uh, have ability to, abilities to counter that. Like one side project that I'm also discussing in Maris is getting wind-up radios that run with electricity. They have a battery. They can be used to charge mobile phones, and they have an LED light, right? So we'll try to smuggle those into the occupied cities so that it can listen to Radio Free Europe and whatever is required. This is midterm. The uh, solution I'm presenting here to you guys today is also related to telecommunications. It is very complex, but it's not necessarily difficult because the solutions are in place. So when the uh, invasion started, I was uh, on my way to Barcelona for the Mobile World Congress, which is the largest event of the year. Luckily, the timing was perfect. I've been there many times, and I spent the whole week meeting senior people who could uh, get stuff done, like decision makers. I um, identified a company that is listed in New York Stock Exchange called Airspan.com. They have acquired a company that does Wi-Fi only called Mimosa. Uh, so they're really, really good. They have all the stacks. And uh, I met one of the founders, and he basically told everybody, make this happen. Right. So uh, uh, we had a lab in Warsaw set up for two solution architectures uh, two days later. And a um, first architecture had to be validated, which is basically a 4G LTE network that fits in a backpack. Right. So this is a bit of an exaggeration because it's quite heavy. I'm guessing it's around 50 kilos, 100 pounds. Uh, but yet it's something that is highly mobile, right? The whole point being the Starlinks that Elon Musk donated, they have power inverters. They can run from a car or a van. Those dishes that you have with the Starlinks, they have two steps to function, point to the sky and plug it in, right? And they can be done in either order. So you can very quickly get to a place that becomes dangerous and get the hack out of there, keeping the equipment intact, and you're moving the bubble of communications with you. But the Starlinks have a radius, if you're lucky, of 100 meters, right? So it's a pretty standard Wi-Fi to use at home. So it's uh, very deficient so when you're trying to share a, a very scarce uh, item, in this case, connectivity, with as many people as possible. So my focus was how can I augment the connectivity benefits of having the Starlinks, which are very, very hard to... Uh, uh, jam, right? They operate at 20 gigahertz and they jump around frequencies, so it's difficult for the Russians to take it down. And um, we can have more of those, right? So but we want to make sure that for every Starlink, we have a solution that allows that communication bubble, the, the little cloud that goes with it, to be as large as possible and as professional and stable as possible. And knowing that uh, once the uh, beast agreement is signed, whatever it looks like, this equipment will be used for the next 10 years. Right? This is an amazing return on investment when it comes to making a donation that is already deeply discounted. So the airspan management is giving it as at least 50% discount, so they're selling it close to costs. Uh, they are trying to negotiate that with partner vendors. I mean, we mentioned Cisco in the call before today. There are a few others like Rukus. They do professional stuff in stadia airports and all that. And the beauty of uh, having the funding for this pilot is that we'll be able then to go to the big players like Cisco, Ericsson, and the big operators around the world saying, do you have stuff that you're not using anymore in a warehouse that we can use? We have proven that it works in Ukraine. The Ukrainians are giving us very specific feedback. These are KPIs that we're trying to follow. And this scales like crazy, right? You could get uh, thousands of uh, repeaters coming from uh, all around the world. I mean, Australia could send a shipment if they have stuff in a warehouse they're not going to use anymore right so this is really the focus uh, i know that we don't have much time there are two solutions the first one 
which is uh, uh, technologically very complex, but doable. We have fully integrated that in a Warsaw lab is a 4G network. Literally, it's a mobile operator on your backpack, right? So this is uh, pretty much uh, a TNT. Uh, but running out of a laptop, there's a radio, the transceiver that connects around 250 to 300 people. There are bigger ones. And uh, we can get uh, donations uh, in the shape of SIM cards that will give to emergency services, right? So you have this little bubble. You give that to the firemen. You give that to the civil defense. You give that to the police so that they are always connected in that space. If the situation in the war gets too hot, they just move back, and the connectivity comes with that, right? The Starlink will be coming, uh, and this uh, 4G cloud. Another one which is uh, potentially cheaper uh, is to do more or less the same, but having a Wi-Fi mesh uh, with professional equipment, right? This could cost just as much as the 4G LTE equipment, but it does not require the SIM cards. And uh, you can choose how many mesh units you want, right? Of course, the more mesh points you have, the bigger the, the coverage you're going to have. Any questions so far? I just, I want to keep mindful of time because I want to I want to have a few other people present. Marcelo, maybe you can just sort of take a couple more minutes and then we'll, we'll, we'll uh, or any questions to your point? If we have questions on so far, uh, welcome. Yeah. Yeah, I don't see any questions so far parked in Mentimeter. I have a question, uh, Mark, uh, Marcello. Uh, just, just a quick question for you. I mean, uh, I'd love to talk to you offline, but I, I, I want to be able to think through either through Cisco contacts, right, or through very large uh, companies, enterprise companies like the Shells of the world, Microsofts of the world, right? These are companies who, who get rid of equipment you know, every year, right? It's sitting in the in, in storage closets and of what you're looking for, right? There's an opportunity for us to go directly to them and ask for that or to go through Cisco to put a uh, request out to all of their big, large enterprise customers because these companies are switching out equipment, you know, uh, every year. Uh, something that I think sh- uh, we could look into and help with that. Yeah. yeah, that's definitely the spirit. So I had a meeting with the GSMA Forum Leadership. So the other guys were organizing the Mobile World Congress, and they are happy to introduce me to the operator. So if you have connections with companies that use a lot of telecommunications equipment, which is basically Wi-Fi ruggedized work uh, outside, we can connect with that. Right? So I just want to make sure that we have enough funding to test in the field the 4G solution, the Wi-Fi mesh solution, to understand what is the need, the problem we're trying to solve, and then we can go to the bigger players saying, look, this works. We just need to scale. And it doesn't have to be money. It could be equipment. Right? And try to get, of course, people uh, to help us with the uh, integration of all that. And, Marcel, do you, do you, if, if someone wanted to give m- money, do you have a, a particular site they go to? Is there any uh, – is there a U.S. charitable uh, organization associated with this for, for tax deductibility or otherwise – or is it just you, you know, mobilizing? Well, I have had a nonprofit based in Switzerland. I am fully accredited with the United Nations because I'm on a board of uh, one of the ECOSOC uh, uh, NGOs. So I can literally get a free room inside the UN to organize an event. And I do have a bank account for Broadlights, but it's not in the U.S. So we need to find a partner organization for the uh, uh, taxation uh, elements. Uh, I would say that the focus right now is not that much money to run the pilot in Ukraine to prove that it works. It's uh, sturdy and solves the right uh, types of problems. And uh, we'll find someone who's doing 501c3s related to telecommunications. I have a few names like NetHope, for instance, 
I uh, met the uh, founder uh, many, many years ago at Concordia in New York, so I could reach out. So um, I do have a nonprofit through the bank account, so this is functional. At this point in time, you basically be sending the money to a New York stock exchange listed company. Right? They're the ones who will be uh, um, donating you know, half of the equipment by giving us a 50% discount. And then there are some expenses incurred, and I'm sure we can find solutions for that with fiat or crypto. This is John. We're happy, happy, our, our group with Legacy Global is happy to sponsor you. Um, make sure you should take money here in the U.S., okay? That's good. Yeah, John, I can catch up later. Marcella, this is Cam. Uh, we are connected some other yeah. way. I'm connected to so many people here. But uh, is it possible to do something similar to Helium where you uh, tokenize and that makes it easy through crypto to get donations? So then it, you, you would be acting like Helium. Is that the potential route? The problem with crypto, I've been in crypto since 2013, right? That's when I got my first Bitcoin. And I've advised governments. Of, I have another nonprofit called CryptoExplorers.org, which is very senior and curated. Uh, so uh, the issue with crypto is trust, right? So uh, people need to understand who you are. And uh, I'd much rather have people sending crypto to the Ukrainian government because this has been vetted and validated. And they send the crypto then to pay for whatever needs to be covered. Um, that's more of an operational element. Uh, helium is just too fancy, right? This is really, you know, uh, pedal to the metal. Let's get the connectivity there. The Wi-Fi is going to be uh, you know, localized uh, so that um, we can make sure that as many people as possible can benefit from that. And then we can add layers of complexity uh, down the line. But, yeah, maybe that's a good case for Helium uh, as well. Uh, listen, is there, I, not to throw that kind of element out there, but uh, have you thought through, are there any kind of like elements to deal with any potential fraud or bad actors or anything within in this, you know, especially once it gets out of your hands, so to speak, into the field? Well, we'll be giving that to the government, right? So literally, they will be the ones. I have uh, connections with all the major Ukraine operators via my uh, WAF connections. So uh, like Paul, I'm a an official member of the World Economic Forum Network called uh, TopLink. Uh, and uh, we'll basically be talking to young global leaders from the WEF or global shapers. And I've known these people for five, six years. So, um, yes, the risk exists. But uh, if you're giving them a sleeping bag, uh, there's a risk that they're going to sell that instead of, you no. Know, following through with the donation with a highly complex telecommunications equipment, very unlikely, right? So this literally is a communication bubble that will go to a place that has a Starlink terminal. And uh, there's not much more that you can do with that. So the uses are quite limited and we can uh, probably switch it off um, by identifying the bad player. So we, we do have, an eject button uh, if people misbehave, but that's very unlikely considering what kind of items you're talking about. Can I, just, I'm going to give you the, I'm going to present just for a moment. I'll give right, right back, but just you, what we do in our form, we ask you to provide, you know, context of your past contributors. And I, I think you pointed out, you know, some of it's confidential. You've got, you know, you address that, that point as we go forward. And of course we know you through the trusted relationship chain, which I think is a, uh, is ultimately the most most critical. So let me pass it back to you. Yeah. Just as maybe one one point is, uh, Marcella, can you say what is the current ask for for the pilots you uh, want to roll out um, with Warsaw, and like what is the what is the ask and what is the the time frame for that? 
Yeah. Um, if I could just share again, because I'm blocked from sharing. Yep, sorry, go. Uh, so basically, I have a few slides just to give uh, an idea of uh, what this uh, looks like, and then we get to the ask. Uh, so this is the first slide. I think we covered uh, everything. Um, let me know if you have any questions related to that. So I'm happy to share the presentation. Uh, this is a project that I had in Rio, right? You know, the, in the Olympic Games, uh, I was living in the slums trying to understand uh, how can you provide connectivity to people who have no rights to be there. They literally invaded the place, and it's a social reality I have to confront. And um, the solution is actually quite similar, right? So you have the, the green circle is where you have fiber connectivity, in our case, the Starlink. And you can have those meshes, basically devices that talk to one another, creating this cloud cover. And this is very well understood. It's been deployed for the last 10 years, and it's fairly affordable and, above all, scalable, right? So we can start with to get back to the financing point. If you have the Wi-Fi solution, you can literally just have the professional equipment providing one single uh, radius bubble, and when the need comes down the line, you, you can add more of those right locally. Uh, the other thing that is worth sharing is that um, this is what a Brazilian slum looks like, a beautiful one with a gorgeous view of the ocean, uh, amazing sunsets. So you see the, uh, the yellow bubbles, they are point-to-point connections, right? So you can have the fiber, or Starlink in our case, then being beamed with the professional equipment to a, a, a bubble that is you know, pretty far away, you know, like 500 meters uh, should be uh, doable, and there is equipment that would go even further, like a point-to-point line-of-sight uh, microwave, but then it gets really expensive. So those bubbles would be basically what the Ukrainians decide to do. If they say, well, we have a Starlink at the Ministry of uh, Telecommunications and the Ministry of Agri- Agriculture just loses the connectivity, we just give them the other side, like a CPE, a customer premises device, which is a standard name, and they'll be able to benefit from the same connection, right? So this is basically to, to share something that uh, is a business case and uh, I worked on this for a long time. Never really happened, but uh, it can still happen in the future. Uh, and this is what the vendor proposed, right? So that's what uh, Airspan uh, created, uh, something that fits in a car, in fact, could be the backpack solution, especially for the, the hotter zones. Uh, you have a radio, you have this EPC, which is something that can run on a laptop. You're connecting uh, with a Starlink, and then you have a radius of up to three kilometers. What is that? Around two miles, depending on the topography, right? So this is quite expensive. It's around 20,000. And uh, they have five units ready to deploy. Now, the other solution, which is Wi-Fi, is uh, pretty much the same thing satellite Starlink, which doesn't have to be Starlink, would be a traditional satellite with the, those big dishes, like a, a one yard and a bit um, that are very visible. Uh, and uh, they connect to a, a main device, which is your transceiver, and that connects with lots of other Wi-Fi repeaters that are being recognized operator um, also uh, outdoors. And, uh, and this one kind of starts at 4 or 5K, right? But uh, mm-hmm. if you want to have the maximum, which is around 16 connections, uh, it costs the same, right? It will be 20,000. So my suggestion is we try to fund the 4G solution. I can ask for donated SIM cards, which is something I wanted to do with the refugees, by the way, when I, I discussed with Paul about uh, Samos. I had access to 20,000 SIM cards that had been misprinted. I mean, they're literally useless to the operator because they could not give something with a typo. 
to the customers, but for the refugees, fantastic, right? And around that time, the EU got into a deal. With Turkey, I got, we we, we, we have to talk about um, not just telecom, but med- medical and power and a few other things. But uh, final slide. Yeah. So this is basically tech stuff. This is coming from the vendor. 30k is the LTE. I think you can do for less than that. And the number of connected users. So we have this from people who have been doing this for 15 years. These are my contact details if you'd like to connect and uh, ask me more questions. So thank you so much for your time. And we have a telecom channel if you want to join this discussion and, uh, and, and yet provide your details directly, Michelle.